my next guests on Tea Time with me, Ali Monjack, are Nikki and Joe Davison from Auburn Jam Music. This week is Anti-Bullying Week and they produced the star-studded single, You Will Be Found, led by 10-year-old Charlie Christensen, whose experience of being bullied started the viral Cheer Up Charlie campaign to raise funds for the Diana Award. They also chat about their latest work on a musical called Public Domain, as well as working this year with Stephen Schwartz, the well-known American musical theatre lyricist and composer. Let's find out more. Welcome to Tea Time with me, Ali Monjack. So it's lovely to meet you both, Nikki and Joe. Um, how long have you been together? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, a long Ages. time. Uh, we've been married for 11 years. Yes. And um, working together for uh, eight? About eight, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So that to me sounds like Marisol Bliss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mostly. I mean, the soundproof room at the studio certainly helps. But <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So you don't keep catch each other's expletives then at all, ever. Exactly. And there's somewhere to run away and hide. Yeah, if you need to absolutely. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So how did you two meet? We met at university. Uh, we went to Warwick University and um, we met uh, at the Musical Theatre Society, actually. Aww. So um, Joe was a musical director and I was singing in some in shows, shows and yeah. yeah. Lovely. So, so it was music made in heaven then. So, um, yeah, fabulous. So, just recently, it's anti-bullying week, isn't it? National anti-bullying week, and you've been working with a lovely little young, or should I say, young boy, Charlie. So, yeah. tell us how I mean, I know how you came. It came about, but just tell the listeners and the viewers how it came about because this is a lovely story. It is really great. Uh, well, the first thing I remember is I, I was in rehearsals for a show that we, we did a lot of work on called Broken Wings. And uh, I was at the rehearsal room and I had like three or four missed calls from Nikki and I thought, oh, something's going on. So uh, in my first available break, I went outside and called Nikki and she said, look, there's this thing happening on Twitter. There's this little boy, Charlie. Uh, he's been bullied and everyone is just showing him so much love and it's it's really brilliant what do you think we could get him into the studio and give him his sort of first taste of of recording as a, a nice thing for him so oh yeah cool that sounds like a lovely idea um and i think you were sort of plotting <laughs> <laughs> i tend to plot big things and not tell you about them <laughs> <laughs> that just... sounds good to me so yeah so that, you... that was how it started but um then we so I got in touch with Jackie Jacqueline Hughes, which is uh, Charlie's. So Charlie's singing teacher. She had put out a tweet saying one of my students has been bullied. Can some of my friends send a message of encouragement to him? And she is in. Uh, she works in the West End. She's been in uh, Elfborough and Wicked, and she's um, most recently in Mary Poppins. Um, so she was inundated with messages for Charlie that everyone was. Um, tagging hashtag cheer up Charlie and it went viral and it was just went everywhere like he was getting messages from uh, Rufus Hound, Michael Ball, just uh, these huge people even young Sheldon in America, Ian Armitage yeah. and uh, he was absolutely inundated um, which was just lovely um, 
and telling him to keep going, keep loving musicals, because that's why he was being bullied at school, because he loves to dance and sing and loves ballet. And um, he was being called awful names. He's been called uh, gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, it's just unbelievable the things that he was being called. And he's also um, wears a hearing aid. He's got hearing difficulties and they were making fun of him for that. And it was just, yeah, it was really, really awful time for him. But the whole industry, all the entertainment industry rallied around him. And uh, uh, I messaged Jackie and said, would he like to come and record, have a go? And then Jackie and I thought maybe some other people would come and record with him. And they were queuing up. They were absolutely queuing up to come and uh, record with him. So we um, thought, well, why don't we release this a song with these people I'm singing with Charlie and that's what we've done yeah yeah so fantastic I mean that that that's such an amazing story in itself isn't it really and I mean you have people like Wendy you're working with people like Wendy Peters Michael Ball Rufus Hound so you know all these amazing sort of West End stars working with them which must have been absolutely fantastic so who was the person who decided on the song because it's from the musical, isn't it? Um, Dear Evan Hansen, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it felt like a really obvious choice. It, like the lyrics, that show is all about a young boy struggling with social anxiety and uh, and the song is so full of hope and uh, felt like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a great song to do. It's got a lot of space for different people to sing. But also in the musical, the song has internet messages interspersed between the the lyrics anyway and we had all these internet messages from people so we thought well this this is perfect it's the right message it's a really hopeful bright song and we can take all of this material from people sending Charlie these messages of of hope and love and put those in place of the original messages from the show as well so it worked really nicely. Yeah it seemed like everyone just sort of came to the same conclusion separately and <laughs> that that was the right song. So yeah, yeah, it was perfect. Oh, lovely. And it all fitted together. I mean, staying with the internet theme, your latest project is called a musical called Public Domain by yes. Forrester and Clark. Do you tell me, I'm intrigued. Apparently <laughs> you've um, had interviews or something with Mark Zuckerberg. From Facebook. Yes, so the premise of the musical is so uh, Jordan and Cheska, the writers, they've taken they've taken content that's on the internet and about the internet. Mm-hmm. For example, some of the some interviews that like that are public domain interviews, basically. That um that so there's one with um, Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, and then there's like a vlogger's uh, an influencer's blog post. And there's an interview with some people who used to work at Facebook as content moderators. And they've taken these interviews and used the exact words to turn them into songs and even the cadence of the speech as well. They've turned into the melodies. Um, and uh, and yeah, to just, it, it's, it's so clever what they've done with it to sort of, and the way they've used the music to sort of highlight so um, how ridiculous some of it is or how insightful some of it is it's yeah it's really really very interesting yeah so a sort of exploration of the way the internet has taken over a lot of our lives and what that means for us as as human beings and and the different ways that people engage with that and privacy and uh 
the access that we have to all sorts of things that yeah. may be good or bad for us and yeah just exploring those things but in the original words of real people which is pretty fascinating that is pretty fascinating putting it to music as well because let's face it I mean you know face it ha ha we're uh, <laughs> our, our whole worlds are completely you know evolve around social media these days don't they really they do, yeah. yeah it's quite scary <laughs> And especially this year, so like uh, this, this feels completely normal now that we're sat here chatting, doing an internet chat with you because we've done so much of it over the past year. But this time last year, this would be fairly unusual still. We'd, like we'd maybe video turn call our parents every now and then, but certainly not this sort of level of engagement all the time. And with lots of people, this is life. Yeah, this is life, isn't it? You know, ordinarily, as you said a, a year ago, I would have been sat in front of you with a camera. Yeah. and microphones you know rolling and that, that <laughs> that's yeah. how it was wasn't it so um but yeah it, it is strange times so I mean really this musical is is basically moving with the times isn't it as well um, is, yeah. so when was it first when was its first sort of conception if you like <laughs> um I believe um they it, they wrote the first song um as part of a, an evening of, um, somebody had commi uh, commissioned an evening of music by different writers and they'd written one song for it for, um, a, again, about the internet. And mm. off the back of that, they thought, this is excellent. Why don't we develop this further into a full musical? Um, and they've been working on it mostly during yeah, well, during I, the last I year, think I think. Their plan yeah. was to do it in Edinburgh at oh, the yeah, Fringe Festival right, yeah. this year. And that didn't happen um so instead making an album of it became the the sensible option at which point we we became involved and uh sort of both recording vocals and taking their their concepts and trying to make that music uh really fizzy and and like pop songs which makes it um an exciting thing to listen to hopefully as well yeah yeah um, spreading your magic spreading your yeah. magic <laughs> <laughs> And they're, they're doing, uh, there's going to be a live streamed version of the show oh, yes. from the Southwark Playhouse in December. Yes, oh. 10th and 11th of December, yeah. Which you can watch, hopefully. From your living room, yes. Become yeah. a, a wow, that, that couldn't be better, could it, really? At least at least you're not missing out. This is the great thing about technology, I think, in, in this day and age. Yeah. Um, we never thought of this before, and I, I think that would be something to really look out for as well, because... What a musical, you know, the sign of the times. So yeah. that, that must have been quite a lot to get your teeth stuck into. But I mean, you even though there's been, you know, we're on our second lockdown or something, it, it's really not been, there's not been a dull moment for you this year, has there, in terms of being involved in musicals and things? No, we've, no, we've been yeah. very fortunate. Yeah, we we did this year the Rags musical cast recording, and at the moment we're working on a, a new musical about a poet called Rumi, who is um uh, a sort of uh, medieval Middle Eastern poet uh, who was the found one of the founders of Sufism, a branch of the Islam. Um, so that's in the pipeline as well. Uh, what else is going on, Nikki? Had a few singer-songwriters about the place. Fabulous Becca Levy. Yes. And, um, oh, many things. It's, it's been mad how... I, I think we found ourselves at the, an odd intersection between 
theatre, which has been really quiet this year, and the internet, which has been mad this year, and somehow we've sort of found a little home for theatre projects that should be going on in the world right now and instead have to settle for recording, um, <laughs> which is nice for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, absolutely. I think that is really nice for you. For you. And also, I mean, let's be honest, guys. I mean, through this entire pandemic and lockdown, where would we be without entertainment? Absolutely. I think everyone would be very bored without Netflix and, yeah. I've watched a lot of The Crown <laughs> most recently. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> yeah. And yet, yet art is, is the thing that connects us to the world even when we're we're lonely and on our own. That's how you can still engage with, with everything that's going on. And it's it's key. Yeah. Absolutely. So what, what, if you had to sort of pick a sort of favourite piece that you've done this year, could you pick one? Ooh. Ooh. It's a meme question. Um, <laughs> we can pick different ones. Go on. Uh, oh, the very first project we did back well, back in January, we uh, produced an album with Kerry Ellis, um, who uh, she sings a lot with Brian May. That's um, uh, and she was uh, Elphaba in Wicked, um, the original Elphaba in the West End, and um, yeah, and she was brilliant to work with. She, the idea was that she was going over to. Um, do a tour of I think China and Japan wasn't it um, mm. and she wanted to take a CD with her to sell and it was only going to be physical copies um, and then of course that all got cancelled but um, we had this wonderful album that we um, were lucky enough to make with her before it um, went over and uh, before it all got cancelled sorry and um, yeah and I think eventually we're hoping to possibly release it on online as well but at the moment it's just physical copies, but she was just a joy to work with. Um, and she played the album to Brian May and he loved it. And that means obviously so much to us. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, especially as one of the songs we did was his song, we, Who Wants to Live Forever, which he wrote. And we did a, a new arrangement of that and he really loved it, which was yeah. just amazing. Oh, yeah. It's certainly one of the highlights of, of lockdown time was that Kerry was asked to... Uh, join um, a series of gigs from the Coliseum Theatre that were live streamed uh, with Take Two Theatricals. And she got in contact with us and said that was the album she'd like to perform. So we, we did a, a gig in the time when there were so few gigs going on and were able to go to the theatre and perform that album, which was really exciting. Very odd, but to have <laughs> yeah, no I audience. I can imagine, because you probably didn't really have an audience, did you? No, no one. Like, no. Th there was the lighting crew and the camera crew and... But... And after every song, there's just this <laughs> silence of like very polite applause. <laughs> oh, we miss uh, that's lovely though, and it, it just goes to show you, doesn't it, that you can still have success through a global pandemic. Yeah, I, yeah, I think we are lucky that, um, yeah, that our skills do sit in that space where it's between theatre and, and the internet, as you said, I think there's a lot of people who we know who are really struggling at the Absolutely. moment. And um, yeah, there's, yeah, I don't really know. One, one of the lovely things about the lockdown this time around is that we're allowed to have people in the studio. So, yes. so this last week we've had various singers in for different projects and uh, which is great because that, that's more employment. That's more people actually getting to to make mm. some money at the moment and um, in the midst of an industry that is is on its knees 
so yeah that that's felt very encouraging having some real life people around it's yeah. been very nice some real people yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's a thought guys hey some, some very real people so I mean I I wouldn't want you to choose but I mean you know you've now worked because of the the campaign with Charlie cheer up Charlie you have now worked with some extraordinary people haven't you in the business I mean I really wouldn't want you to choose but who's just <laughs> think oh <laughs> oh well I did have big working on the rags musical cast recording earlier in the year that was right before lockdown and we recorded it all I think it was literally the week before lockdown mm -hmm. happened and then um the and then obviously and then we were had all the mixing to do so we ended up doing lots of mixing sessions with Stephen Schwartz who who wrote rags um he was in New York and we did it all over Zoom and we've got this set up now where we can stream the studio audio over the internet so people can hear the full quality, um, which is incredible. Um, but that was like, I just never thought that we would be spending hours on Zoom with Stephen Schwartz and that he he is just absolutely lovely and so talented. And um, I remember, in fact, I found a photo. We went to um, we had a gig out in um, uh, San Diego a few years ago and I found a photo of me standing on his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and wow. then I was like oh my goodness I forgot that I'd taken that photo and now I'm on Zoom with him for eight hours and that's just amazing like what they call a glow up these days don't they? <laughs> Oh, dreams come true. That's lovely. Know, right? What about you, Joe? Is it the same? Or? Uh, if, I mean, Stephen Schwartz is definitely a highlight. And working with Kerry Ellis has been really fabulous. She's uh, absolutely brilliant. But I've, we we get to, to work with incredible people, both famous and not famous, who yeah, are, are absolutely. making such good music. And uh, not enough of it gets gets heard by wide enough audiences. The The way... The whole streaming world world works these days, and I guess records probably were the same actually. But um, there's there's a lot of amazing music being made that it's really tough to get out there and get people listening. And and we're lucky to work with some really great artists um, that not enough people know about. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yes. Well, you keep on doing what you're doing, definitely, because you know I I've heard some of your stuff. It, it it's really amazing and and well oh, done. Thank so, you. Just really wanted to, to, to have a chat, a, a bit of girl chat, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are a female producer, and apparently yeah. there aren't that many in the business. There aren't, no. There was a, um, some research done in 2018 um, by the, uh, well, into uh, Grammy Award nominees and uh, the Grammys Association and the Billboard Top 100 as well. And it was 2%, 2% of those records were produced by women, which is just quite shocking, to be honest, um, uh, in 2018. But I, I really hope that in, the, in those intervening two years, I'm, it, it, there's been change. I mean, certainly off the back of that research, um, some excellent groups were uh, started. I'm um, a member of a group called 2% Rising. Um, it's a fantastic group of um, female and non-binary music producers um, set up by um, three excellent engineers and producers 
um, called, well, Katie Tavani is the one who got me into it. She's a mastering engineer. And um, uh, yeah, and it was just, they. it's excellent. It's a Facebook group. And every Tuesday there's a Zoom meeting and either it's a social thing where we just catch up with each other or it's a listening party where we listen to um say 10 or 12 um recent mixes by some people and either critique it or just listen and encourage depending on what the person would prefer and there's also skill shares so a couple of weeks ago Katie did a skill share on engineering where pe- uh, mastering sorry where people got to ask questions and she gave a sort of workshop on good mastering techniques and things like that and that yeah it's just excellent it's a real safe space that sounds amazing well thank you joe it is international Uh, men's day by the way so is it really didn't know happy international men's day yeah (laughs) well quite right we should shout out to two percent rising on international men's day as well that seems good it's it's definitely a thing that people comment on in our our studio that having um uh a, a woman in the room is a really valuable thing and we we know lots of female singer-songwriters who've recorded in rooms filled with men and and making having an authentic female voice in that situation is so tough so we're like the the more Nikki is around doing that stuff the better oh I think that's lovely though that you know you you work so get together so well as a team and obviously there's a natural chemistry be- between you so that that's good and you know it's like anything though I mean male and female we all bring something different to the party don't we really Um, having the spectrum of voices is what's important I think yeah definitely I mean in in terms of that that that's quite an interesting thing to ask I mean producers female producers do they get paid as do you get paid as much as your your male counterpart him on the end of the sofa <laughs> <laughs> I mean because we run our own business and we split everything down the middle yeah. so I mean I do but um I can't I I don't know the answer for other I would imagine I think it's more about opportunity um I don't I don't know about pay but I do know um I, I'd have to look into um some research about that but I do know that there's just less opportunity and I think there's probably more more than two percent of female producers as in bed like bedroom what they call bedroom producers or you know just starting out their careers um but the fact that they're not grammy nominees and they're not in the billboard top 100 just goes to show it's from the top down isn't it and if they you're not seeing people uh female producers in that space as a young girl you'll think that that's not a career option for you so you just wouldn't even think to go into it maybe so it's just seeing that that is a possibility for a girl a 16 year old girl in school wondering what career choice to make she sees women winning grammy awards or or producing top 100 records then she'll think to go into that and she'll think to study and to choose that career path so i think that's what's important it is interesting isn't it i mean as time goes on the world is changing and you know there's lots of uh, equilibriums across and balance as far as you know gender roles or whatever or genderless because there's <laughs> don't sorry that's the dog. <laughs> hi there what, what's the dog's name it's yonsi <laughs> <Hi. laughs> 
wanted to get a word in. Yeah, he's <laughs> part of the team, isn't he? Does he go into the team? <laughs> Definitely. He, he's sort of in charge of welcoming people at the studio, I think. Yes. No, no. <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely. At the moment the door goes, he's off. <laughs> no I, I think that's lovely because also animals have that have a great thing about relaxing people don't they and sometimes I think you know even though you enjoy what you do it's it's good to be relaxed I should imagine to make music and produce yeah I think Definitely people are bring that it's a vulnerable thing to do to come especially if it's your own music to come and put put that in you know put that out there in the world and lay it down in what is quite an intimate space really is is quite it's quite a vulnerable place to be in so I think having having him around is great <laughs> yeah I mean I can remember you know being a broadcaster I mean gosh when I started broadcasting about 10 years ago I can remember first hearing my voice on radio and thinking that is just not me <laughs> it's so weird hearing your voice back it's it's something to do with the resonance of your head I think um that what you hear inside is completely different to what comes out so yeah yeah it's bizarre isn't it I, I mean obviously you know 10 years later I've got completely used to it but yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do you know find that a lot when I've been interviewing people in news etc they they kind of you know quite shy or cautious about speaking because they're just oh <laughs> you know and I just think oh it's that moment isn't it when you realize what your voice actually sounds like yeah yeah, yeah it's very and, strange. and even more so with singing voices often I think people can be even more sort of cringy about listening back to themselves mm. we, we often talk with singers how important that is though it's because dancers spend um so much of their time dancing in front of a mirror and watching everything that they do and getting that feedback and as a vocal performances, that doesn't happen so much until you start recording yourself and actually listening back to what you've done. So it's a, a weird transition to go through for people starting out recording themselves. It's a, yeah, it's an odd thing. Yeah, it is an odd thing. So, I mean, what, what advice would you give to, to any recording artists out there trying to, you know, put, put their voice to say, something or what would you sort of advise I think I think what you the way you phrased that question is really important actually like putting your voice to something and what it is that you want to say is totally key and all, all the the art whether it's music or anything else that that speaks to the world starts from a place of having something to say rather than I want to put something in the world and the, the projects that are, are just about um, sort of self-aggrandizement, I guess, or, or the vanity things are, are much harder to, to con connect with people. But if you've got something you want to say as an artist, that's a way easier place to start from. And especially for us as producers, that gives a direction straight away to what the, the point of the music is, what we're trying to communicate. And I think that's why we love working in theatre so much mm. is because uh, every cast album is a story it's, it's using music to tell a story and immediately there's a focus to every decision that you make whether mm. it's a musical one or a mix one it's all about communicating an idea and that's that's sorry I'm not sure that really answered your question but it was fun <laughs> no no I 
that's what I was listening. I, I think yeah, that 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 is very true, and I think that's good advice as well, rather than concentrating on trying to think, oh, how do I sound, so to speak, just yeah. going from the heart about you know what this means to you and what what this is about. So passion, yeah. in other words, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think most like almost everyone would say that they would rather hear something that sounded authentic or see and we say this about um going to the theater as well and watching like performances one of my favorite ever theater performances is Imelda Staunton in Gypsy and it's not like note perfect it doesn't sound like not not to say that she hasn't worked really hard at it but she's it's gritty is what I mean to say she's she's put grit and heart into it and that is what makes an incredible performance over it being perfectly in tune or the tone is exactly beautiful and you know it's more it's much more important I think for it to feel passionate and real than to be uh over engineered shall we say yeah definitely that's great well do you know what it's been lovely to meet you guys it really really has and and what amazing jobs you you've done so far so your your next project is the um, Middle Eastern musical, isn't it? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think we're headed to. Well, the plan is to go to Qatar in January to record the orchestra. Actually, yeah. So, so one one of the writers yeah. is a Qatari. So uh, there's uh, we're trying to incorporate as much uh, of the Middle Eastern culture into the piece as we possibly can because that's where it's from. That's where yeah. it's from, and it, that is exactly what we were just talking about. It needs to be genuine and authentic and. Um, not us putting our very white middle class stamp all over it. It's not very helpful. <laughs> oh no, no, I know, I know what you're saying. Definitely, it's it's trying to be. Um, I, I like I like the word classless. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> classless. I think I think that's priceless. <laughs> so, um, but fantastic. Well, look, very much the best of luck with that, and and thanks Thank for coming on Tea Time. Thanks, Ali. It's a pleasure. Lovely to meet you.